0: Well, good morning, Missio Church. My name is Cody Labarth. I'm one of the elders here, and I uh, hope everyone had a merry Christmas. And uh, it's just great to be able to gather together uh, again and uh, celebrate this season, and uh, celebrate, Lord willing, a new year that that we'll have soon. Um, yeah. So, if you've been with us during the month of December, uh, you know that we've been looking uh, at the Gospel of Luke, and we have uh, focused on four songs that we have seen in the Gospel of Luke that. That have taught us so much concerning uh, the birth of Christ and the significance of that moment uh, for, for really the whole world. Uh, today, we're going to continue in the Gospel of Luke. We're going to jump to the end of the Gospel of Luke and uh, look at a story that we see there that takes place after Christ's death and resurrection. Um, and if you read the Christmas Eve devotional this week, this, uh, this story will be somewhat fresh on your mind, and today we'll, we'll have a bit more time to uh, just think a bit longer on what uh, this text means for us, this story of when Jesus appears to two disciples who are walking along a road from Jerusalem to a village called Emmaus, and, uh, and what takes place uh, when he appears to them there. Uh, the reason that it's important to look at this today is that during this Christmas season, we might be tempted to just to leave Christ a a sleeping babe uh, in a manger but but the scripture doesn't do that Uh, we know that that he goes on to die on a cross for the sins of his people and three days later to resurrect Um, and so uh, when he does that he brings to fulfillment all of the promises of God throughout history, the promises that we've been uh, going back into the Old Testament and, and reading about and dwelling on uh, these past few weeks. And he does this as all part of his sovereign plan. And so as we look at this story today, it will help us consider the, the fullness of what the birth of Christ means and the fullness of what he has accomplished for his people. And uh, hopefully to open our eyes more and more to who Jesus is and help us believe in him so uh, pray with me to that end and then we'll we'll look at the story Lord we do sing and celebrate just the great news that the birth of Jesus is just the, the significance of his life his death and his resurrection pray that as we read this story from your word today that you continue to to teach us, open our eyes to who Jesus is and give us more and more faith in his person and in his work. And bring us, Lord, more and more to be a people of faith. We just know that your spirit does this and we ask these things in the name of Christ. Amen. So if you want to read along, we're going to be in Luke 24, starting in verse 13. So again, immediately before this, Jesus has has been crucified on the cross and in the beginning of Luke 24 we read uh, the account of of his resurrection, um, how the disciples begin to discover this and then in verse 13 we jump in, says that very day two of them were going to a village named Emmaus about seven miles from Jerusalem and they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened and while they were talking and discussing together Jesus himself drew near and went with them. who said that he was alive. Some of them who were with us went to the tomb and found it, just as the women had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all the prophets have spoken, was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So, just a quick recap of, of what's happening here. We see these two disciples, they're on this, this walk again from, from Jerusalem to this, this village named Emmaus, and, and as they walk, they're discussing everything that has happened, all of, all of the significant moments of the past few days leading up to Christ's death, and then as we see the first accounts of, of his resurrection, and, and Jesus comes to them on the road, and, and he asks them what they are discussing. And as they recap all that has happened and as they do so, we begin—we really get this, this sense of their, their despondency. We read that, that one of them looks at Jesus and, and with sadness begins to tell him what, what has happened and he, he says, we had hoped that, that Jesus would be the one to redeem Israel. And as we, we read this story, we, we see that these disciples, they're, they're pretty far removed from from the joy and the celebration of Christ's birth that we have been, been reading about, uh, hearing about these, these past weeks. It seems to them that, that the, the hope they had in this man was, was all for nothing. They're confused, they don't understand, they, they don't understand why he went to the cross. And they're just, they're just confused about this account of his tomb being empty. And so as we read this, we really get this sense. These disciples, they were ones who were with Jesus before his death. It seems that they were part of the band who, who had followed Jesus. They consider themselves part of the company of those who, uh, who had gone uh, to the em- and seen the empty tomb. We know that before Jesus uh, was going to Jerusalem, that he had been teaching his disciples that it was necessary that he would go to Jerusalem and die. And three days later to raise again and even so these disciples they don't they don't recognize jesus whenever he appears to them on the road and we don't understand exactly why that is the case but but what's clear is that their their lack of ability to see who jesus is is really it's reflective of of their lack of faith We're told whenever the women who found Jesus' tomb, when they go back and report to all of the disciples what they found, it says that that the disciples, they thought they were just telling them a a fairy tale. They didn't believe that that it was really true. And so Jesus sees their lack of of faith and he gives them this this soft rebuke. You, You foolish ones, are you so slow to believe? But his his response is not ultimately to to beat them up, uh, to tell them to get it together. But he begins with Moses and all the prophets to interpret to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And this is really what what we want to consider today. the, The fact that all of the scriptures reveal Jesus to us. And we've been seeing that uh, to a degree as we've looked at these songs in the Gospel of Luke and we've seen all that that has been promised has come true, is coming to fruition in Jesus Christ. But can you imagine being with Jesus on this this seven-mile walk to this village as he goes through all of the Old Testament and just explains how, how every piece of the Scriptures points to him. So, so one commentator says it this way, quite, quite clearly, simply, says the heart of understanding the Old Testament books is, is the truth that they point forward to the suffering of Christ, his resurrection, and to the subsequent spread of the gospel to all nations. That the Old Testament as a whole, it, through its promises, its symbols, its pictures of salvation, it looks forward to the actual accomplishment of salvation that took place once for all in the life, death, and resurrection of Christ. So I think we'd do well to consider for a moment what what might have Jesus said to these disciples while they were on this seven-mile walk and he's explaining the scriptures to them. Now, of course, we don't have time to go into every way that the Old Testament reveals Jesus to us, to, to go into the, all of the covenants and the promises and the, the foreshadowing, the warnings, the curses, the, the prefigures, the types of Christ that we see in the Old Testament. But I do think we would do well to consider some of, of these ways, and if we think about how Jesus might have explained this to the disciples, that uh, we know that the, the Old Testament scriptures, the Jewish people had, had broken them up into to three major sections, the, the writings of Moses, uh, the writings of the prophets, uh, and then a section called the writings, which would have been uh, mostly the Psalms. Um, and so Jesus begins to unpack how, how all of these three major sections, they point to him. And beginning with Moses, he He might have explained that he, just as we we reflected on a moment ago, he was present with the Father as they created the heavens and the earth. Whenever man was created in the image of God, the scripture says that he was there, that there's nothing that was not made through him. He could have explained to them that he is the creator. He could have explained that just as Adam represented all men, all people, when he turned from God, rebelled from him, and that through him death comes to all, that, that now Christ, being the second Adam, is bringing life to all people who put their faith in him. He could have gone and taken them back to the garden whenever whenever. The father is speaking to the serpent, and he tells the serpent that there's going to be an offspring of the woman who would come, who would would crush the head of the serpent. He could have explained that he is that promised offspring. Or that whenever God made his covenant with with their father Abraham, that, that through Abraham, all the families of the earth would be blessed. That he is the blessing that has been promised he could have looked at Moses himself and seen that Moses acted as a mediator between God and his people and that that he is the one who is the the greater mediator he could have looked at the law that 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 God had given through Moses to his people and seen all of the ways that the law reveal Christ that the law reveals the very righteousness of God and it reveals to God's people just how far short of that righteousness his people fall. That the law reveals the need for a savior who would, who would make God's people righteous as the law requires. He could have explained that the law provides the system of, of sacrifices, sacrifices which temporarily dealt with sin but revealed the need for A greater sacrifice that would eternally deal with the sin of God's people. He could have told them that he is the sacrificial lamb who takes away the sin of the world once for all, like we are told in Hebrews. He could have said of Moses that whenever the father promised to Moses that there would be a prophet like him who would raise up from among their brothers and that the Lord would require of God's people he will it will be required of them if they do not listen to the words of the prophet that he is that greater prophet who has been promised and then if we were to to look at all of the the historical writings of of the sorry the historical books and the writings of the prophets again I don't know that we really have time to get into all of this but we would look and see that, that in the book of, of Joshua, we, we begin to see the need for God's people to be led by a leader who will lead them in righteousness and in faithfulness. and Then we see in the book of Judges the, the sin of God's people and their, their need for a leader who, who would come and deliver them from the hands of their enemies. We would go through the history of the king's and see that, that Jesus is the one who has been promised. The one, the righteous king who sits on the throne of his father David as Messiah. He could have walked them through Ezra and Nehemiah and Esther and Ruth. He could have shown them in Job that, that, he, that, in Job, that the need to hope in one who would redeem even in the midst of the, the day of trouble. That he is the redeemer who lives that Job looks to. He could have walked through the, through the book of Proverbs and Ecclesiastes and the Song of Solomon and, and just shown that he is the living embodiment of the wisdom of those books. Just as we've seen in the past few weeks, he could have gone to Micah and, and shown them that he is the king, the son of David, born in Bethlehem, who sits on the throne of his father David, as was promised, the one who rules the nations with a rod of iron. Could have looked at Isaiah and seen that he is the one who brings justice to the nations as is promised. The one who opens the eyes of the blind, frees the prisoner from the dungeon, brings peace to his people. Could have looked at Jeremiah and seen that he is the means by which God is faithful to his covenant. Or the book of Lamentations where where it seems that, that God's people have no hope but that he is the reason to hope could have looked at Joel and Hosea and Obadiah and just time and time again shown them how those books, how those prophets, how they were pointing to him, revealing him. Like in Habakkuk when he shows that that he, he could have shown them he is the reason for rejoicing even though the fig tree doesn't blossom Or, or Zephaniah, he could have pointed that whenever God said to his people that the king of Israel, the Lord is in their midst. And they have reason to never again fear for evil. He could have shown them that he is the fulfillment of that promise. And again with Haggai and Habakkuk and Zechariah who told us that there would be a shepherd who would come who would be struck and his his people would be scattered. He could have pointed to the last prophet who, who says that the sun of righteousness will shine on those who fear the Lord and show them that that day had come. And that's just the prophets. As you go to the writings and the Psalms, and we've been in that book all year long, so it should be very familiar to us, that Jesus, he is the blessed man of Psalm 1, the one who, who delights in the law of the Lord, the one in whom his people are blessed, and because of him, his people will never perish like the wicked or showing them that he is the king of psalm 2 the the one who dashes his enemies to pieces like a potter's vessel and in whom his people can take refuge and so as we've seen this year on and on time and time again the psalms are always pointing us to to jesus this blessed man this king finally he could have taken them to to the writings of Daniel and told them that the day had come where he had been given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, languages would serve him, that his dominion would be everlasting, that his kingdom would never be destroyed. Again, that's just a brief sampling, but Hopefully our minds are are awakened to see just how wonderful the word of God is which reveals Jesus to us. Jesus could have shown them these things and, and so much more. The point being that all of God's word is revealing that God has always had a plan to redeem his people, to fill the earth with the people who bear his image and his righteousness. Even Whenever it seems that his plans have been thwarted, that his Savior has gone to the cross and died and and his disciples are confused and don't understand what's going on, how will Israel be redeemed? We can read God's word and see that he has been overseeing the events of of human history to bring it about. That just as, as Paul says, when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his Son, born of woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law. And that is exactly what we have been celebrating this Christmas season, that in the birth of Christ, the fullness of time had come. And so it's so clear from the scriptures that Christ came, that God sent his son exactly when he meant to. And my prayer is that as we consider the fact that Jesus goes through all of the writings of Moses and the prophets and explains how all things pointed to him, that we would be moved to worship. To worship a God who, who says this about himself in Isaiah. He says, I am God and there is no other. I am God, there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning. From ancient times, things not yet done. Saying, my counsel shall stand and I will accomplish All my purpose. So as this crazy year comes to a close, pray that we would continue to be a people who, who recognize that our God is the one who accomplishes his purpose in all the earth, no matter what is going on in the world, that he sovereignly rules over it all. To look back on What happened when he sent his son Jesus? As we just read that the fullness of time had come, the fulfillment of all of the promises of God made to his people throughout history, that all of the promises of God had found their their yes in him, as Paul told us, that we would be moved to faith, knowing that those promises made long ago were fulfilled when Christ came, when he even when he died, certainly through his resurrection, but that we would also be filled with hope because we know that there are promises that have been made that are yet to come. And so I hope that that we would see and just realize that it's so important for us to see the connection between the Old Testament promises, the Old Testament writings, And what is written in the New Testament, that the Old Testament is is the foundation upon which the New Testament authors uh, write. And that we would be be filled with hope to see that, that there is still yet more promises to come that are fulfilled in Christ, promises that are not yet complete, that are still being worked out in this present time. And looking to a day when when all of those promises are brought to completion, when Christ comes again. That we would, as the church, know that that God is still at work making the salvation that is found in his son Jesus, making it known to all of the peoples of the world. And that he is using his church, his people, to do that. That that is his plan, to make known the gospel through his people, as his people proclaim the gospel and make disciples of of all nations, of all peoples. So I pray that as we consider what what the scripture calls us to as his people, that we would continue to be a people who are making him known here in our city, throughout central New York, and continue to make him known ultimately throughout the world knowing that what the scripture says is that as we do so the church we are hastening about the day when he returns again my hope as we consider this story and these verses today that if you've not yet placed your your faith in christ that today would be the day of salvation That you would see how God has worked throughout history to reveal Christ to the world. To understand that what is required to be reconciled back to him, to be be brought back to life, the life we were created for in the beginning, to know our Father and live with him in righteousness. That all that is required is faith in this man Jesus who all of the scriptures speak to. That you would put your faith in him. I hope that all of us would see the importance of, of all of us as God's people, just spending regular time reading and studying and just memorizing, knowing God through His Word. That we would think about the fact that as Jesus appeared to these two disciples on the road to Emmaus, and that it wasn't only His appearing to them that, that brought them to a place of faith in His resurrection, but his revealing of himself through the scriptures so that as we if we were to go on reading we would see that the disciples they they eventually arrive at Emmaus and they they convince Jesus to come and share a meal with them sit down and they uh, tell him you know don't don't continue on on the road and as he sits down and he breaks bread with them it says that their eyes are opened to who he is and then he disappears And they look at one another and they say, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And so Missio Church, may we continue to be a people who are just meeting with God in his word, allowing him to speak to us through his word. And I know Nate's already uh, reminded us all this morning of the the reading plan that's made available, uh, that we're putting Forward before the church, and I just want to emphasize that that it is just so important that we are regularly spending time with God and His Word. That we are we're not just occasionally opening opening the Scripture and flipping to our our favorite Psalm and reading that a few times a week, but that we are just regularly, systematically, in a disciplined way, going through all of the Scriptures and seeking out Jesus and knowing Him. And so. It's my hope that, that we would make this a priority in the coming year. Because I ask myself the question, how else are we to know God? How are we to know to obey his good commandments? How are we to persevere in the midst of a world that, for which there are many reasons our faith could be destroyed or we could be led astray? If we're to be a people who live in relationship with God, a people who represent him in all we do, how can we do that if we're not regularly hearing his voice as he speaks through the scriptures? And so it's my hope that we would continue to be a people who, who like these disciples, can say, did not our hearts burn while we opened up the scriptures? That we would continue to be a people who see Jesus in in all of the scriptures. That our faith in him would grow. Our knowledge of him would increase. That with Jesus we, we would be a people who say, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. And I hope we see in Jesus the sovereign work of God the fulfillment of all of his promises, that we will be moved to faith to continue to look forward to those promises being fulfilled to his people uh, in the days to come. So if you would pray with me. Father, we thank you again for your word. It's just so astounding to, to look at and think about how you have made your son Jesus known throughout all of the scriptures pray that you continue to make us hungry to know you and your word to build up our faith in your son by your spirit to make us a people who who represent you in this earth a people who who hasten about the day whenever you come again and you do make all things new lord we look forward to that day and with your people we cry out come quickly lord jesus amen men let's stand together as we